There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi guys, this is Claire Kramer, aka the Great Glorificus, and you are listening to the Buffy Back Issue Bed. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Bin, the show where we go through all the Buffy and Angel comics that are canon chronologically. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily. And we are doing our final Buffy story before we do the final Buffy story. Weird. Oh, they could have done that sentence better. Ironically, this is the first Buffy story. Technically, or is it? Or does it have an awkward framing device that makes it annoying to place? All of the above. Yeah. Uh, so this very final one we are going to do is called Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Origin. What this was is, you know, for those who don't know, and if you're listening to this show, chances are you do. There was a movie in, I think, 92 that uh, Whedon had wrote, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And it's not good. It's very of the time. Didn't you? Did you knock it all the way through it? No. No, I've seen it. I'm thinking of something else then. I don't know what I'm thinking of. But I, I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, I've seen it. It's not great. I have no interest in revisiting it. It's very of the time, and that's not a good thing. Anything in the 90s that was of the time, probably not the best. Do you remember Clarissa Explains It All? Yeah. That was very 90s. Isn't that coming back? Sabrina the Teenage Witches. I know that one Same actress. Melissa Joan Hart. My grandfather always tried to tell me growing up that she was like 40 playing a 15-year-old. And while I totally believe that she was like 25, I don't think she was 40, but he was convinced that she was 40 the entire time. Whatever. Either way, this book is an attempt to adapt Whedon's original script, which was changed a bit and tonally was a bit different, and try to have more in the tone of the show and have them match up. Does this affect anything in the canon? Not really. Is it a neat attempt? Sure, I can see the positives of the idea. It's like Buffy the prequel. But much like the early 90s movie was very of the early 90s, this came out in the late 90s in comics, so that's like what the early 90s for movies was. Bad. There are some great early 90s movies. Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Forrest The Little Gun. Mermaid. What do you want? Are we calling 94 early 90s? It still counts as early 90s. The Lion King, the one movie that you cried on. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were naming a different movie. I'm like, where? <laughs> but let's get into this, I guess. Uh, written by Christopher Golden and Daniel Brenton. Christopher Golden, I recognize his name from a bunch of novels. I think he's just one of those guys that just pumps out like thing after thing after thing. Just story. Like James Patterson. Uh, but more for a younger audience. James Patterson has a new book out. And Pencils by Joe Bennett. Our story opens with any good Buffy story, or, you know, just any Buffy story, I guess. And she's having a flashback because she's having Slayer dreams. And oh, man, that's scary. Yep. So she's like three different Slayers and three different time periods, and all of them get killed, which is sad, but kind of funny that she's not having like positive Slayer dreams. It's like, here's where they all died. And Buffy and her friends are in a movie theater watching a slasher flick. It's really weird because, you know, this was kind of dead by the early 90s. Slasher flicks? Yeah. I mean, Scream brought it back in 96, but early 90s, this doesn't make sense for what they'd be watching. Okay. Maybe they're watching an 80s movie, like a rerun. Maybe. But yeah, Buffy's with her friends. There are some drunk guys behind them, ages unknown. I know. It's very unclear, but it's very similar to the Buffy Angel age unclear difference. So. And Buffy's bored. She's like, oh it's just a movie where everyone dies except for the hot blonde in the nighty and then she kills the killer but he's not really dead and so the drunk guys are mad that she (laughs) predicted the entire plot i mean she's not wrong that could be a lot of movies yeah she's very much the epitome of a valley girl in this yeah and they leave the movie and buffy goes to make out with her boyfriend jeffrey and 
I don't know if this is how boys talk, but then Jeffrey's friends, he's like, hey, don't mean to sound sexist or anything, but could I borrow her for a while? Also, you looked at me when you said that. I don't know. I don't know if that's how boys talk. How would I know how boys know. talk? But then Jeffrey <laughs> responds and goes, no way, Andy. You just get her dirty. Oh. Uh, and that's the book we're in for, folks. Uh, meanwhile, Buffy is in panel this entire time, too. Like Just listening. Just not even reacting. Like, oh, yes, this is a casual and normal conversation for people to be having about me. You know, normal. Yeah. Uh, one of them leaves. He's turned into a vampire. Look, it's fine. I uh, did enjoy Buffy that they used the word dreams. Ralph instead of vomit. Oh, we're not even to that guy yet. Oh, we aren't? No. We're to a different guy that got turned into a vampire? Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> There's multiple <laughs> frat-type boys that get turned into vampires. And we don't care. And they are not that important. Something that's interesting about this story is you do see, and why you might not want to count it as canon, or you can, I don't really care. Do what you want. I counted enough. Somewhat. Yeah. Taken with a grain of salt. Yeah. It's kind of like... If you could read the first draft of the Buffy idea. So, I mean, we do get that season one idea of the master. There are vampires who ra- who are raising up an old scary vampire. Sound familiar? I mean, it should. I just told you what it compared to. Do you remember that master figurine that you sold at the store? Yeah, I bought it cheap, sold it high. Actually, we sold it at a con. I still sold it high. I remember that, though. Good for us. But the following night, Buffy is out with her same friends, and they run into the same boys who were at the movie theater. And they're like, oh, hey, we were the drunk guys. We hate you for spoiling the movie. Spoiler wasn't a term yet in common vernacular. No. So instead, they just decide to stay there and hit on the girls who are at a diner, it looks like. One of them is named Pike. One of the boys. Yeah. That's... Doesn't sound similar to a name we'll hear by season two. No, I can't imagine what you're thinking of. And continuing with, you know, their charming ways, they offer Buffy a hot dog. Yep. Saying that they got something for her. Oh, oh, it's funny. Also, look at the dumb glasses that one of them has. I think that's supposed to be Luke Perry. It was his Luke character. Perry? Don't worry about it. Okay. It's before my time. I mean, I guess. It's before your time, too. But the drunk guys leave, and as you mentioned, they use the term Ralph instead of vomit. And as one of them is Ralphing, a vampire takes him thinking that his name is Ralph. <laughs> Which is actually <laughs> one of my favorite moments. He's like, I'll show you Ralph. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. And so the vampires attack the two guys. Pike gets away. And the uh, Ralph, not his name, does not. I can't remember his name. It doesn't actually matter. He gets turned into a vampire and goes to the old one. Only to be pursued by some watcher. Look, it's Buffy's watcher. It's the first one. You know, the one that she's told us has a happy ending. Uh huh. And so he's running around in a suit in a graveyard, as one does. And a stake. And a stake. And that's really all we see of him. We see him kind of flying through the air. But then something fun, which I do think is a little bit, because, you know, the show had been out at this point. Like I said, this came out in 99, so we're dealing with, like, season three. So, yeah, the end of season two stuff would have already happened. Uh, We get a flashback of Buffy meeting her watcher and him giving her the information that she is a slayer and yada yada. And we saw this scene. We saw Angel watching this scene. So all we got to do is turn the camera around and see a creepy homeless man in a blacked out car i really wish that the car would have made an appearance like i know it's blacked out blah 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 but i wish that there would just be like this creepy car that it's like a fun little easter egg yeah it's not like shot for shot but it's pretty close to what happened in the show there is no car though no no creepy angel car i'm sorry to say and buffy reacts exactly like how you remember slash would imagine it poorly to the idea that she is a slayer she refuses it it doesn't work (laughs) 
<laughs> she doesn't refuse it for that long because he's like, you have bad dreams. And he's like, you want to go out with a graveyard to me? She's like, eh, makes sense. Yeah. So her friends, like her, one of her friends and also her boyfriend are expecting her to do things. And she's like, sure, I'll follow this middle-aged man that I just met who told me that I have weird dreams. But this book does do a couple of things, weirdly fortuitous and a couple that are kind of off. So one of them is that he mentions that like all these girls around the world are referred to as potential slayers. That wouldn't be coined for a long while at that point. Yeah. And also this came out well before. I mean, you literally just said that. But this this book did come out well before anything like that. But there is a little bit of a hiccup, but to this book's credit, this hadn't happened yet. We see Buffy's first night out of staking vampires, and she gets a few successfully compared to what we would learn a few years from when this came out, that she uh, missed the heart on her first night. But that won't be filmed for a while, so, eh, you know, give the book some credit. Also, as mentioned, we're going to find out that this is a framing device, so you can say Buffy was just trying to up her credit by being a badass and taking out a couple of them successfully versus failing miserably. Also, to be fair, we could possibly have missed the first one that Buffy missed, yeah, look, that's it. This, also, the watcher's name is Merrick. Yeah, his name is Merrick. Also, Buffy's <laughs> things a, work out for him real well. Buffy's a cheerleader. I don't know if we really talked about that yet. Oh, we knew that. She always talked about her cheerleading days. I know, but then she was really bad at it in the show, which was very confusing to me. I never understood that. But issue one ends cool. Buffy starts being late for all of her stuff, and all of her friends are real upset at her. And then Merrick shows up in a girl's locker room. Maybe don't. And then throws a knife at her head, and Buffy catches it. And then punches him in the head. As one would. So following that, he's like, oh, you need training, and they she signed off on this so easily. I know. I feel like there's a lot more questions that we'd be asked, and mind you, she's still like 15 here, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's also mention her age for right now, because Buffy starts doing a Rocky-style training montage, and hey, since it's the late 90s, let's look at that ass. This 15-year-old's ass. Let's make sure that is sticking out as much as possible. Not weird. But Not also, weird. like, wouldn't her parents be wondering where she is all this time? Eh, wouldn't her boyfriend they're be worried about divorced. her? Wouldn't her friends be worried about her? They seem crappy. We get this a couple of times with just, like, the kind of... Wouldn't Angel be worried about her? <laughs> He's busy getting a haircut and buying leather coats. <laughs> Where does he have the money, though? I, we don't know. What stores can he go to? <laughs> but yeah, that's, you know, it's very of the 90s. But yeah, some of the like weird voyeurism shots of like, remember, she's 15. Not yeah, great. Yeah, it's, it's not. There is a more, I don't know, innuendo-ish vibe to this than we see in the show. Or we see it much less overtly in the show. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this book doesn't care. No, no, no. Blah, blah, blah. More Slayer dreams. Boy, there's a lot of those boring Slayer dreams that just pop up. But Buffy does have a fun plan. She goes to a priest because she's going to fight the vampires. And she gets a six pack of Perrier blessed by a priest. I really did enjoy that as well. I think that's a good enough plan. Why not? Another night. Sure. (laughs) There's a lot of night to day transitions in this. We see Pike or Luke Perry in his bedroom window where his friend comes up to it saying that he wants to be invited in. Okay. Meanwhile, his friend has glowing red eyes. We're going to call him Ralph. It's not his name, but it's what his new name is. So Ralph has glowing red eyes and also has new fangs fangs and also has like a weird speech bubble around his words now, like a vampire speech bubble to tell you he's a vampire. But I feel like there's a lot of clues there that maybe Ralph isn't right and maybe Pike shouldn't invite him in. Well, I mean, he's listening to his tape cassette with his surfboard in the background, so we know that he's a rad 90s dude. He's also talking on a corded phone. No, that's not a phone. Those are going to the headphones. Oh, that's even better. Because he's listening to that sweet tape deck. Wow. Yeah. Look at that guy. And Pike's like, get out of here, you 
you look different, but I don't. I'm not gonna ask follow up questions. So he's you. Sure. That's funny. Uh, Buffy and Merritt go out. They slay more vampires. He is acting a little Giles, like you know he's going out with a stopwatch, and he's like, "Oh, you could have been like 3.8 seconds faster." She's like, Shut up. You're very overweight. She doesn't actually say that, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. But meanwhile, the vampires attack more, at a drive-in. <laughs> more people. More people. They're making an army because remember that old ancient slayer that they want to raise and they want to feed or something? Vampire. Yes. The old ancient vampire that they want to raise, they want to raise and they want to feed. Or read. Read. They want to read him. And because Pike is in all the wrong places at all the wrong times, all the vampires end up outside of his car and like, ah, we're going to turn you, buddy. And so he he drives away. Buffy shows up, as she usually does, saves the day. They run away. And then they make friends. But they had a real rocky start. I feel like I would not be friends with this guy just on principle. Yeah, not the guy who was like, hey, you want my hot dog? Also, I'd be like, yeah, good day. Their previous interactions, he's been drunk every time. <laughs> like, we don't know that he's sober now. Vomiting drunk. Yeah, I mean, he was just listening to his tape deck. Oh, no, wait. Now he's at a drive-in. Still. Yeah. But Merrick runs up to this now broken car that Buffy got Pike out of, and he turns to see the risen vampire, Lothos. Which sounds like a discount musketeer. <laughs> it's such a crap name. This is very the master, but worse. Yeah. He has red hair, and it's long. And he has a he, stupid cape. He kind of looks like Dracula, but with red hair. But worse. But yes, he looks like a knockoff Dracula mixed with the Three Musketeers. Merrick sends Buffy away. She's like, you're not ready for this girl, run! And he starts shooting Lothos in the chest, so useful. Pike steals a motorcycle from somewhere. Yeah, so Buffy hops on the back of it, which is great. Evidently, Pike can hotwire motorcycles in stressful situations, so maybe he is worth keeping around. Oh, good. He's full of alcohol and crime. Yay! Buffy likes bad boys. Oof, that was a creepy-ass sentence. Why? I, I don't know. It just sounds she so She does. Weird. Sorry, Angel with his weird leather coats who shows up in the middle of the night places. And Spike with his weird leather coats who shows up in the middle of the night places. <laughs> They're supposed to be like nice, nice guys. Riley is the only nice guy and... Until that whole uh, like addiction cheating thing. Well, yeah, until that happens. And then she dumps him and then he turns into a nice guy again. So Riley. I know, I'm just... still team Riley. No, no. And I was just like thinking in my head, I'm like, is Buffy bad for everyone that she's in relationships with? Yes. Have we not figured that out yet? I'm not going to think about that much too much right now. But yeah, possibly. Poor Buffy. I mean, she made Angel get a haircut. Is that good or bad? She made Spike get a soul. That's positive, but she didn't mean to do that. <laughs> she made that was Riley an accident. An addiction. Bad. Cheating. Bad. Anyway. She so... made Parker get hit with a stick in the head. Good. Yeah. Not a good episode. I don't like that one. So anyway, so Buffy and Pike are speeding away on this motorcycle. And Lothos is like, I'm going to eat you, Merrick. He's like, nope. Because just... Merrick's left behind. So Merrick just eats his own gun. It's surprisingly violent it's very dark like in this book that's been like i mean the whole thing is about death but still like we've been dealing with like still like cartoony vampire violence and this guy is just like you're not getting me just blows his brains out right in front of buffy yeah like real rough i like it but it comes out of nowhere it does come out of nowhere it's totally very this book is totally all over the place oh yeah the show evened out the bumps quite a bit good job show buffy you know, she's like, I'm going to avenge his death, but oh man, I have to get ready for the big school dance. And she's like, I, I can't help you guys. And her friends, they're mad at her. 
Yep. And then she goes to the mall to get an outfit. And then Pike comes running up, now with gray hair. He, he's aged significantly. He has gray hair and he has a goatee. And that's honestly the only way that I could tell him apart in the next scene from everybody else. But then Buffy's sad. She's like, I'm the chosen one and I choose to go shopping and I'm not going to fight vampires with you. Okay, that uh, that line did actually sound like Buffy. Line. Yeah. Uh, and then... One more, of the, she's at the dance. One more of these guys, it was Buffy looking tasty. And her response is, thanks. That doesn't sound like Buffy. No, that's the other thing is that the whole Buffy girl power thing is very much missing from this. She like frowns once at a joke about, you know, using her as a sexual commodity. You know, that 15 year old girl. But most of them, she's just like, yeah, like, sure. It's It's just very odd. This is not the Buffy that we know. And love. And she sees her boyfriend, Jeffrey, is with another girl, and he doesn't care. Yeah, basically he's like, yeah, you weren't around. (laughs) He dumped her over answering machine. What a dated way to do things. I mean, is that any different than texting? And, well, I mean, don't do that either. (laughs) And then, from behind her, someone speaking with a vampiric speech bubble. In a tux. Shows up, and it's Pike. Oh my god, has Pike been turned? This is immediately what I thought because... No, they just messed up. Yeah, because Pike has his goatee and his white hair, and so he's very recognizable. And I was like, oh no, this is dramatic. And also, the angle of the art in this it makes particular him, yeah. panel, it it's looking up at him, so it's like all of a sudden, like, dramatic and new powerful things are happening. This isn't no, a misdirect either. He walked into the dance. It was just a mistake. Yeah, it's just a big one that makes you think that he's a vampire. And I... I almost wish that it were, and that would have been hilarious. I haven't mentioned this a lot with books that we do, because usually if it's being done well, you don't really recognize it. I'm sure there are people who do, but I personally don't. But when there is a bad job at lettering, it sticks out like a sore thumb. This is just one example of it. But the entire book, it's hugely as con- it's inconsistent. There's usually way too much space in the speech balloon. Like, he just wasn't planned out well enough. We have these massive balloons and a small amount of text. Like, so, you know, not that this art is my cup of tea, but it's eating up a bunch of the page unnecessarily. There's parts of it where it's unnecessarily large or unnecessarily small. It's or unnecessarily really... vampire-y. Yeah, it's one of the worst lettering jobs I've ever seen. Which is a weird criticism. It's bad. Lettering Not unfounded. It's but... just real bad. Yeah. Vampires attack the school. Turns out Pike isn't one of them. So him and Buffy kiss. Not the time. And then they fight vampires. Yeah, so the vampires have this idea that they're going to get everybody into the gym because that's where everybody is. They surround the gym. But then Buffy finds a tunnel out. So she gets everybody to run out of the tunnel to like the parking lot while she decides to stay behind to fight all the vampires. And then in another story point that might sound familiar from season one, Pike has to kill his best friend, Ralph, who had been turned. Sound (laughs) familiar? Is that a Xander plot? Nope, not at all. So yeah, that's where, if you don't want to count this book as canon, that's fine, because there's a bunch of stuff that would be reused later. It's really, I don't really mind the reusing stuff. It's the tonal shift and the Buffy shift. She's just kind of a boring character in this. Like, she doesn't have her zip. Buffy goes outside to fight more vampires, only to see uh, her ex-boyfriend having sex in their car, and she has just the most charming line, Oh, make me a woman, Jeffrey. Oh, Jeffrey. I love you. Not Buffy, the random extra girl. Yeah. Just so we're clear. 
Uh, so Buffy throws a vampire into the car so they get scared and have to run away. So many weird things. I mean, that is kind of a Buffy reaction, but I feel like there's a lot more that would come after it instead of just, I threw a vampire at the car. Lothos appears, you know, that big scary guy. He's been around With so bright much. bright red hair. He looks like Carrot Top. And Buffy takes out a spray bottle that she had put the Holy Perrier in and just <laughs> sets him on fire. Okay, I wish that the Holy Perrier made more of, a, of an appearance. In this book and in the show in general. But then, you know, with the spray bottle that she has from her personal grooming as she puts it, all these vampires are running around the gym. And then that thing happens that they said so many times in season one. <gasps> the gym catches on fire. And she burns it down. With all the vampires inside to kill them. And then we have... Which, to yeah. be fair, that's an effective way to kill all those vampires. Because there's like probably 30 or 40 of them. And then we get some lovely poolside images of 15-year-old girls. Make sure, you know, get all the TNA you can in there with these 15-year-old girls. Keep going. It's, I didn't do it. But I, I think it's worth didn't. pointing out as being weird and creepy. It is weird and creepy. But what I do like here, and this is a definite accident, is they said that after the school burned down, Buffy went away. Which, if you want to play the continuity game, you could say that that could be the time when she talked about being a slayer to her parents and they sent her to the insane asylum. Yeah, I forgot about that. Not definitely not intentional, but I can roll with that. Yeah, I forgot about that though. And then Buffy and Pike are gonna go slay vampires only for this to be a framing device where Buffy is telling everyone about her stuff. Yeah, so as she and Pike are walking into the darkness, not the sunset, we cut back to the library at Sunnydale and Giles and Willow and Xander are there and Buffy's like, so that's what happened before I got here. What else do you guys want to know? They mentioned that it was only a year ago, so even basing it on Willow's hair length, you would have to put this somewhere in season two. Where? It doesn't matter. Because that's what's annoying (laughs) about this. Because if you wanted to read this chronologically, I think it would be fun to start with the beginning. But because it's a framing device, you got to pop it in early season two. Let's maybe say after... 202 you could sneak it in there and have it be before the season kind of picks up but when buffy's still trying to be all redemptive for being a weirdo jerk yeah but i don't know i guess my biggest problem with it is just that it doesn't feel like the buffy that we know buffy is very she's not really taking charge of her own destiny she's neither refusing to be a slayer nor is she like wholeheartedly accepting it so she's somewhere in the middle We kind of burned through this one, but in all fairness, it's just because it's not good. There's not a lot of substance. It's strangely dense with nothing happening. Yeah. A a lot of Slayer dreams that no one cares about. A lot of periphery characters dying that no one cares about. It's kind of fun to find out how Buffy burned down the gym and all that good stuff. Some people may be being vampires and they're not. But I also could have guessed that she burned down the gym because she was a Slayer. And that makes perfect sense that she was burning down some vampires. I kind of want to know what happened to Pike in a way. Like, how did that that even fall apart? She moved to Sunnydale. I know, but I don't know. And also it's weird because her parents are both in it and they don't mention the divorce at all. I think they throw one line in there. Do they? I think so. I think there's one that like they're like having some marital trouble and it looks like divorce is coming. I think it's right at the end of the book. Oh, probably. Whatever. No one cares. This is a fun one to sneak in, and this felt like more of an appropriate place to kind of do it. Like, you know, as we get to the end, let's look back at the beginning. But, you know, now I'm kind of looking forward to the end. I know. I feel like we gave this book kind of a hard time because you just said it was fun to sneak it in. It wasn't not fun. It was just, it was like reading the first draft of a book that you know and love and being like, huh, it's just a little off. It's just not quite the same. Because it wasn't. It was not the same at all. I also don't recommend it. Do you know what this reminded me of? You can skip it. You never read this, but um, 
Ghost at a Watchman. No, what is it just called? Something. The prequel sequel to To Kill a Mockingbird. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, where Atticus Finch turns out he's really kind of racist. Yeah, so what that actually was is that was written before To Kill a Mockingbird. And basically, Harper Lee took all of the good parts out of that book and turned it into To Kill a Mockingbird. So To Kill a Mockingbird is, is polished and wonderful, and the other one is not. And this is more what it feels like. Whatever. If you want to read it, it's a weird little novelty, but it's not great. It's pretty quick, though. Mildly amusing. But, Amy, we're almost done. Next time we come back for a full show, it's going to be to cover the end of Buffy Season 12. I can't believe it. Or I guess really all of Buffy Season 12. (laughs) Not the end of it, but all of it. But hey, we've been doing Patreon-exclusive reviews. If you want to listen to us. Yeah, for issues one through two or three, depending on when you hear this. Yay. Um, But yeah, we'll be back next time to finish up season 12. If you want to find anything, editorsnotecomics.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Or if you want to shoot us an email, editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. And again, patreon.com slash editorsnotecomics if you want to get the next show a week early and get our exclusive reviews. And also your other show, A Day Early. Yeah, but that'll do it. We'll see you next time. Bye.